Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, wherever you're at, you might want to close your eyes right now. The, the worship that we've just received is to elevate you out of your small world that's full of whatever you're grappling with into God's big world. This is not a surprise for God. He didn't cause it, but he knows about it. And he will, if we'll let him use this for something amazing to happen. And so we're going to sing and we're going to worship our way through this. The upcoming weeks will hold many different uh, exciting things. And I wish that I could write a script for it, but I can't. We may not even be in this building with me doing this. I might be in uh, my own lounge room talking to you next week. Uh, but whatever may come, God is still on the throne. He's not off the throne, on the throne because of COVID-19. And we really want one simple thing for you, and that's to make sure that God's on the throne of your heart and that uh, your heart would not be troubled. Jesus said this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. And so the boundary is really in the, the, the place where you need your peace is in your heart. You need to keep your peace. Somebody said once that boats don't sink unless water gets into the boat. Uh, the boat's in the water, but it's never going to go down unless you let the water get into the boat. Don't let this trouble and fear and all these what-ifs that are swirling around. You've got to guard your heart, Scripture says, with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues or the boundaries of your life. So my prayer for you this morning is that we can in some way help you through City Church Online, that we can somehow help you to establish some boundaries in your life so that your ship is not going to go down and you don't have to be tormented by what's going on in the world today. It's so unusual because as I'm talking to you, normally I'd be talking to a room full of people with chairs and a, a, a congregation. Right now there's a person on the camera and a few tech people in an empty room. Uh, so this, this is challenging for me. Uh, but I do believe that wherever you're at, that God is going to really speak to you as if you were live here in the room with me and, uh, and with this wonderful worship team that we have here right now. I want to give us a, um, a, a moment just to, to uh, focus on a few thoughts that I had come to me during the week. And I do pray, and I I want you to know that even if you're not part of our church, if you want to reach out through the description that you'll find on uh, this page to us and let us know of your prayer needs and anything that we can help you with, we certainly will. Uh, so we do take that very seriously, and it's such a privilege to serve you in that way. I had this thought come to me this week, and that is that small is big. Small is big. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like big things most often if I go to a football game or a concert uh, or, or, or even if I surf, which I don't, thank God. Uh, but, uh, you know, small waves aren't exactly the surfer's delight. Uh, a small crowd at a rock concert isn't really probably most people's things. You want big in many things of your life. However, this morning something has shifted, and uh, small is actually big. You think, what do you mean by that? Well, something so small 
called COVID-19, which is a virus. I've never seen a virus. Uh, I've seen the artist's impression of one, but my naked eyes have never laid eyes on a virus before. It's so small that you can't even see it, and yet it's causing something so big in the world right now that we, we dare not ignore it. Small is actually big. In fact, I would dare say in some ways, uh, small is the new big. And those are challenging things and some somewhat exciting opportunities in the middle of the most devastating of circumstances, which we don't deny. I want to read to you something that a physician named Luke, who followed Jesus, wrote in, uh, in his uh, book called Luke. It's chapter 13 and 18 to 21. And he wrote this about something that Jesus said that I think is very so powerful. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? The kingdom of God is God's domain and God's way, method of doing things. It's not out there. God uh, said it's in your heart. It's, it's peace and joy inside of your heart. That's the kingdom of God. Jesus asked them, what is the kingdom of God like, and what shall I compare it to? It's a good question. This is what he compares it to. It is like a, a mustard seed. Pause. I've seen a mustard seed, and it's very small. You can see it with your eye, but it's one of the smallest of seeds, which a man took and planted in his garden, and it grew, and it became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. And again he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked its way all through the dough. How small becomes big? As much as things uh, big impress me, like I said, it's often the small things in life that have the biggest impact. And that's what I really want to take as our key thought and our takeaway this morning, that something as small could be so powerful as a mustard seed or yeast. I think about nuclear power and how something so small as a nucleus of an atom splitting into two lighter nucleus can cause something that can be so devastating to blow a whole city apart. I've visited Hiroshima and saw the... Uh, the only building really that's standing there and thought to myself, how could something so small cause such devastation? Or two, two nucleuses fusing together to create power called nuclear fusion. Something small that cannot be seen with the naked eye. And because of this virus, big events have been canceled. Big football matches with fans and rock concerts have been canceled. And even big churches <laughs> have been canceled. Some people might be happy about that. Uh, the crowd that would normally be here is no longer here. We're not having big this morning. We're having something small, but something small can reach the world through something called online. But there are relationships that are abounding right now in your world that are so small that you would think, they're powerless, and I want you to know they're not powerless. How does something small get big anyway? In a nutshell, in a simple answer, it multiplies. And things like a smile 
can be infectious. They can multiply. Encouragement can be infectious and it can multiply. Something as small as a kind act or a kind deed can become something big if it multiplies. Fear, which I've never seen with the naked eye, can multiply as well if we let it. So the big challenges that we have today is that we are willing to see the small things in our life and not just be always thinking about doing something big. But small becoming big means that we'll recognize small things as really big things if we would let them in a positive nature. Have you ever noticed that adversity seems to bring out the absolute best in people (laughs) and unfortunately the absolute worst? Uh, You probably have had the opportunity in your world to visit the supermarket and see empty shelves and people walking out with loads of toilet paper uh, and, and these kinds of things. But I've also seen some incredibly generous acts in my world of people that I, I believe are real heroes because they've recognized small can be amazingly big. Small-mindedness is no place for a big thinker. So our, our, our thinking with our, our minds is where the battle really is. And small becomes big when people start to think a lot bigger. Think small in this way. What can I do as an act of humility? How can I shrink myself and allow somebody else's world to get bigger and more amazing? Think big, think small. I remember visiting Robben Island in South Africa to the prison where Nelson Mandela spent, I believe, 21 or more years as a prisoner there, breaking up rocks because he stood for a cause. And the outcome of something so small as one man standing together with a few other men and women that didn't have seemingly a lot of power had a big impact in the world. I think in uh, my country, in the United States, my country of origin of Dr. Martin Luther King, a Baptist preacher, the powerful words that he spoke out, sometimes to small crowds, sometimes to larger crowds, but talking about a nonviolent way of bringing about civil rights for people, something so small became so big in the world. And yes, I do think of small acts of kindness that are always bigger. They're always bigger than the intention or the grandeur of things that we would try to dream up. And your purpose, maybe your purpose as you're listening to this right now might be in a small act of kindness that's right in front of you. I went out to a restaurant during the week. In fact, uh, we've been eating out a lot, uh, a little bit too much, I might add. (laughs) A lot of trips to the gym. But uh, I thought to myself, how can I make this waiter's job a little bit better? And we don't tip here in Australia. It's just not the custom. Some people do, but it's not a custom like it is certainly in the United States. And some people would go, gee, I wish it was like that here. But, you know, you're always will, you're always, you always have the opportunity to bless somebody, to tip somebody, to be generous, especially in your thinking, especially in your attitude. And we were at a, uh, a pastor's conference, kind of a, a smaller gathering of some of the pastors in, in, that I uh, have a relationship with. And 
strategizing about this moment and talking about how can we reach our communities and how can we be generous to our communities. And we found out that the people that were waiting on us at that particular restaurant, that it was their last day, that this was their, their very last banquet, they were going to be without a job. And even though tipping is not something, like I said, that's expected and it's very rarely done in this, in this country, one of our pastors, he happens to be the leader, he, he said, hey guys, did you know that these people, these uh, young girls that are waiting on us right now, this is their very last time that they're gonna be working. What if we just pass the hat around? And so we did, and I didn't have any cash on me, which, you know, that could be a very convenient excuse to get out of something, but I said, can you wait? I'm gonna go up to the room. I've got some cash. And I brought it down. And I looked at my wallet, and I had a choice between a small note and a big note. Now, generosity and stinginess, uh, they're always going to present themselves. You can always go small or you can go big. And I really felt challenged. If that was, your, if that was my son or somebody that I loved and it was their very last time, what would I want done to them? Why don't I give the big note, and it was a bigger note, <laughs> instead of the small note? I'm not going to hang on and cling to, with, with my last breath, everything that I have and become a person that I'm not. I'm going to be the bigger person, and I'm not going to let small-mindedness and greed enter in. Jesus said this in Matthew 20, 26. He said, so not with you, because he was looking at these religious people that were really being greedy and stingy and their world was so small. He said, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great, or we could say big, among you must be your servant. Think serve and not self. These are great times to challenge ourselves to go into a much bigger world by shrinking back in our own little self and our self-greed. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, was a great movie that was just released not that long ago with Tom Hanks. I think it's on Netflix. I really encourage you to get it. But it's the story of Mr. Rogers. And Mr. Rogers, I think he was the longest running television program, uh, certainly in America. And I, I remember watching him as a, as a child growing up. He was just part of what you did. And the documentary and then the movie with Tom Hanks was so profoundly impacting. As you looked at a man that just had so much kindness that he would look into a camera and he would just see children and he would serve and become one of those to reach into the lives of children, people that don't really count in a lot of people's worlds because they can't get anything out. Children are good at taking resources, but they can't really give a lot. And Mr. Rogers shifted that and had such an impact watching that, that movie. It just about brought me to tears. Jesus said this in Luke 9:48. He said again to these religious people, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you, who is the greatest. I believe that during this time, 
that we can become covetous in a good way. I want to be covetous towards generosity. I want to covet generosity. If I can add some guacamole to the burrito, even though it's an extra dollar, but it's going to help that business stay in business. If I can order a drink where I don't have to order a drink, I can just order water, I'm going to order the drink and pay the extra whatever it is to help that person stay in business and to let them know that I really do appreciate them. I can covet generosity in my life when I don't have to. And I can feed my faith instead of feeding my fear by hanging on to what I've got. I can hand out toilet paper instead of just grabbing it all off the shelves so maybe somebody else can't do something with it. I think it's really important for us to just be more generous in this world than ever before. I was waiting in line at the supermarket this week, and I was looking at my phone, and this woman just pushed in front of me. And normally I'd go, excuse me, but, you know, like, there's a, a big line up here, like, you didn't have to do that. And I thought, what would a bigger person do? They would become smaller and let that person go in front of them. Some of you are going, I would never do that. Maybe it's a time to change. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> and so I let her go. And then this man, I think he thought, here's a soft touch. And so he pushes in front of me. <laughs> I'm like, like, come on, like, really? <laughs> like, do I look like that nice of a guy? Normally I probably wouldn't be, but because I was preparing this message and thinking about this thought, uh, we don't need another hypocrite preacher in the world. So I said, by all means, you must be in a hurry. You must have a very important appointment so you too can uh, get in front of me. And I didn't say the pastor, but, uh, <laughs> but I wonder if we could call or visit somebody this week and encourage them. If you can't gather together, maybe we can at least work together. I think about small acts of kindness and people maybe not doing some big thing, but as we work together, we multiply the power of small into something big. As I was growing up, I got to know my grandfather fairly well. And uh, one of the things that, that, that Grandpa, we called him, got us boys in the family into was coin collecting. And so I had uh, you know, a small coin collection and he made sure that we would go out to coin shops. And it was, quite a, uh, it was quite a fun thing, a hobby to do with granddad uh, when we were, you know, probably 12. I, I would have been, you know, my, before, into my teens, actually, as well. And we went out once, and, and, and Grandpa goes, wow, I've never seen one of these. I haven't seen one of these since the war. My granddad was a colonel during World War II when all hell was breaking loose in the world, and People were afraid of the Nazis and fascism and, and a, a very troubling time that uh, a lot of those people most, in fact, are gone, including my grandpa now. But it was a Canadian war nickel. And because a nickel being five cents, because uh, certain metals were very scarce during the war, they, I believe it was made out of uh, some type of steel. And he goes, uh, if you look on the rim of this war nickel, I think it was an oxagon shape or, a, or a, a pentagon shape, I forget. It wasn't round. 
and it had little dots and dashes around the rim. And my granddad said, that's Morse code. He said, let's find out what it says. So we got home and got the magnifying glass out, and my grand grandpa knew Morse code. And all those little dots and dashes on that Canadian war nickel said this, and I'll never forget it. We win when we work willingly. We win when we work willingly. When each one of us gives up the greatest right that we have in life, and that's the right to insist on our rights to serve other people. And when we get together and serve instead of insisting on our rights, when we throw away selfishness for servanthood, and we get together and join hands, well, maybe not quite join hands, but when we get together in the right spirit, we will win when we work willingly. So be yourself, but be your best self. Your best self is your unselfish self, your serving self. Your best you is the generous you. Be the best you that you can. If you live on the Sunshine Coast here in Australia and you're part of City Church because we're not meeting corporately together, that's okay. It doesn't mean that we cannot be effective. So I encourage you to pick up the phone Bring somebody if, if you're old school. Get on there. Use your thumbs if you're new school. <laughs> Send some text messages if we can't get together. Let's start encouraging one another, and let's strategize so that nobody's alone. Nobody has to die of isolation. Nobody has to be in a place of fear where they don't have any friends. Let's be the people that win because we work together. Let's be the people that get together. You can share this message. We will have uh, an online a message every week. Again, I don't know that I'll be here at this uh, studio facility, but we might be, like I said, it might be in lockdown. I really don't know. But we will have a time of sharing as time goes on. I really appreciate you dialing into this service, and you might be watching live or you might be watching uh, the uh, 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 recorded broadcast of this, but wherever you are at, I want to pray for you right now. And I'm going to believe that the same God that rules the universe will rule and reign in your heart to take away fear and anything at all that might be tormenting you. Look, you might be one of the unfortunate ones right now that perhaps you're listening to this and, and maybe you contracted the, the virus or you're waiting for your results to get back. I want to pray for you. I know that God answers prayer. I've been around too long to think any other way. God answers prayer, and his spirit, in a good way, will meet with you right where you're at right now. So I invite you, if you're not driving a car, to close your eyes right now and to let me pray for you. You may not know God in this way. You might uh, you might not even believe in God, but perhaps you couldn't, just for a moment, uh, give God an opportunity to touch your heart, and I know that he will. And then we're going to go back and worship God with one more song. It's called Waymaker because God will make a way where there is no way. Let me pray for you right now. 
Father, I thank you that you would meet with all these people that have taken time out to join us during this online service. Lord, you know their thoughts. You know what they're going through. You know the intimacy of their life. And I thank you right now as we join together in agreement all over the world that we are going to see fear go. God, I believe for protection, for your protection around people. And I thank you that as they cry out to you, you're there, you're listening, and that you will meet them. I thank you that you are not called the why, and that we would not ask why, 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 but you are called the way. Jesus, be the way, be the truth, and be the light. Even if we don't know the why, meet everyone right now as the way maker into their hearts. And I thank you, as only you can do through your spirit, be with each person individually all over the planet, even all at once, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.